Come on, say it's good to laugh. The Bible says in his presence there is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. Knowing this, no matter what's going on in this world, no matter what tries to come our way, no matter what news we get in his presence, there's fullness of joy. So in other words, if we get in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Come on, somebody. And then watch this. There's, he says there's not only joy, but there's pleasures at his right hand. Oh, man. You realize God has good things in store for you? Come on. I said God has good things in store for you. That's why I get wrecked like Nicolette was singing that song, Goodness of God. I'll sing about the goodness of God. Because all my life, I don't know about you, but he's been faithful. I wasn't always faithful, but he's been. Come on, can anybody identify with grace of God in this place today? Can anybody identify with the goodness? Of, come on, somebody. With the goodness of God that's been working in our favor, even when we weren't working in its favor. Oh, boy. Some of y'all have to replay that back to catch what I just said. But what I'm saying is, while we were yet sinners is when Christ died for us. I don't know about you, but God's been so good and so gracious to us, being so good and gracious to our family. Had challenges? Absolutely. But thanks be to God who causes us to have the victory in every circumstance. Come on. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of all of them. Guess what? I went to Bible school and studied Greek and Hebrew and all this stuff. And guess what I found out? All still means all. I said all still means all. So it doesn't matter what the doctor tells you. It doesn't matter what the news tells you. It doesn't matter what's going on with elections. It doesn't matter anything that's going crazy to hell in a handbasket in the world. Come on, somebody. That many are the afflictions of righteous, but take comfort in this. The Lord delivers them out of all of them. That in his presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Last I checked, goodness and mercy are still following us all the days of our life. Come on, somebody. I said goodness and mercy are still following you all the days of your life. Why? Because you have have a good God who loves to give good gifts to his children. Come on, somebody. He loves to give good gifts to his children. In fact, Jesus said it like this. You earthly parents who are wicked know how to give good gifts. How much more does your Father in heaven will give you the Holy Ghost, will give you every good and perfect gift that comes down from the Father of lights, who there is no shadow of turning or variance in thee. In other words, we have a good God in heaven, not only at Christmas time, not only at COVID time or riot time or whatever's going on in the world, you have a good God that's still on the throne, that still has great plans for you, plans to prosper you and never to, come on somebody, plans to prosper you and never to harm you, plans to bring you a great future and a great hope. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but you got to leave the yabbits in the woods. Come on, somebody. God's still a good God. His goodness and mercy still following you. His favor is still working on your life and around your life. The Bible says his favor surrounds you like a shield. Come on, somebody. Think about this. His angels are encamped around you is what he said. You know, I had somebody come up to me one day, call himself a Christian. They said, you ought to be careful on that motorcycle. A lot of people die on those things. I said, not me. I said, I got two big old angels and kept around this thing. He says, that's arrogant. I said, no, it's not. It's the word of God. You should try it sometime. Call yourself a Christian. Open the book once in a while. I'm not talking about Facebook to argue with people and, you know, your political thing. I'm talking about the word of God. Come on, somebody. The basic instruction before leaving earth, the B-I-B-L-E. Come on. God's written word to you and I. You realize in Psalms, he said he exalted his word even above his name. Oh, that can jack some of your theology. I didn't write the Psalms. He did. 
Psalm 107, 20, he sent his word to heal us, to deliver us. Come on, somebody. You realize anything you could ever need, want, or desire, spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, emotionally, every area of your life is covered in this book. I said it's covered in this book. Why do you think the devil works so hard to keep you out of God's word? Oh, man, to keep you out of God's presence. If he can't keep you from God, he'll try and get you distracted. Oh, I said he'll try and get you distracted. If anything we've learned in 2020, he'll do all he can to distract. Oh, man. He'll do all he can to try and distract because he realizes if you get in God's presence, even if it's just for a second, if you get in God's presence, that everything in this life just begins to melt. Things begin to change. Things begin to shift. Come on, he puts, I say this, one moment of favor will do more for you than a lifetime of labor. Oh, man, I'll say that again. That was good. Quote myself on that one. One moment of favor will do more for you than a lifetime of labor. In other words, you can toil and work your whole life to do something and may, maybe do all right, maybe get somewhere in life, but one moment of God's favor, come on, somebody, on your life can change your life, can change your destiny, can change your lineage. It'll change your children and your children's children. It'll heal your body. It'll change your bank account. I'm telling you, God is able to do anything. Come on, I said God is able to do anything. Last I checked, all things are possible to them that believe. I didn't say that that's what Jesus said he said very simply have faith in God man preachers have done a royal job of screwing this thing up it's so simple have faith in God Jesus said you'll never even see the kingdom of God unless you have a faith like a child you know what I know about my child she's two years old but when she wakes up December 25th she believes that some fat guy is going to come down a chimney that we don't have Come on, somebody, in a red suit, come on, and leave a whole bunch of presents there, simply in exchange for if she leaves out milk and cookies. Now think of how crazy this is, that a gigantic bunny lays turds in the house. Oh, some of you are just too uptight. A gigantic bunny leaves turds in the house. And they're like golden nuggets. Come on, somebody. Open up. There might be money in them. There might be candy. They're the best turds ever been laid. Come on, somebody. Think about the stuff that children believe. Why? Because they haven't been taught how to doubt. We've done a royal job of teaching people how to disbelieve. We've done a royal job of teaching people how to doubt. When are people going to stand up again and say, just have faith in God? All things are possible for them to believe. You have a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ask, imagine, or think according to what? His spirit that's at work within you and I. You understand his spirit's in us. He put his Holy Spirit, his precious spirit's living on the inside of you. And you're afraid of what? Oh, Jesus. I knew you were a little frozen in here this morning. We're going to chip that thing away. Come on, somebody. His spirit's on the inside of you, and you're worried about What? Yeah, but the economy, who cares? Oh, man. Who cares? Last I checked, you're not operating under the world's economy. You're under God's economy. Yeah, but what if so-and-so becomes president? What if he does? I'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out. I didn't write this thing he did. It's called Deuteronomy 28. You ought to read it. Some of y'all put more faith in President Trump than you've done in Christ lately. You ought to watch. You don't get that thing mixed up. I pray for our president. I pray for all the presidents. Amen. Well, I'm telling you, you've got to watch your faith. Don't get wavered over and put it into a man instead of in Christ Jesus. Faith belongs in Christ Jesus alone. That's not a political statement. That's a fact. 
I said, that's a fact. Oh, baby. Ooh, I knew I'd uproot some theology this morning. All right, I better get moving. We're short on time. I'm long-winded, and I'm already making people sad. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Turn with me to the book of John, chapter 7, verse 37 through 39 will be our, our main text today, but we're going to give some supporting text. I want to talk to you about essential work only. I said essential work only. Because if we learned something this past season, it's been there's been essential business only. There's been essential workers only. And I thank God for those who were essential. I believe everybody's essential. Come on, somebody. But I thank God for our health care workers. Come on, can we give it up for our health care workers? Come on, those people, thank God the grocery stores didn't shut down. Thank God the restaurants, we still grab some takeout, do whatever we got to do. Come on, somebody. Thank God for the people that stayed open, the people working in the preschools and the daycares, taking care of our children. Come on, let's just give it up for a minute for those who have spent their time laboring through this thing and pushing through so you and I can still have a life. Amen? So I'm calling this essential work only. <laughs> John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. On the last day... That great day of the feast. I can't wait till we're able to get together and have festivals again. Oh, come on. Man, I'm, my wife and I, our schedule got all jacked up this year. We we're supposed to be in California, in New Orleans, in Florida, all these different conferences and festivals and stuff. And guess what? They all got canceled. So I'm looking forward to getting back to partying again. How about you? In fact, look at your neighbor and say, we're going to have a Holy Ghost party. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them we're going to have a Holy Ghost party. Come on, the other side of that camera. I know you're sitting there in your PJs, but tell your loved ones, tell the dog, tell the cat, whoever you're with, you're going to have a Holy Ghost party. Come on, somebody. Say, we're going to have a Holy Ghost party. So on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus liked the party. I said, Jesus liked the party. He liked the party so much, his first miracle was turning water into wine. And all the Italians said, <laughs> that's a joke. We're just trying to figure out who drinks in this place. Amen. <laughs> Teasing. Come on. Say, it's okay to laugh. Say, it's okay to laugh. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out loud, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Somebody say, drinking's okay. Of the Holy Ghost. There we go. Come on. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says... Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit of God, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. I love this. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts. Somebody say, anyone. Anyone. That means you don't have to be rich. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be black. You don't have to be white. You don't have to be gray. It don't matter where you come from. It don't matter your pedigree. Come on, somebody. It don't matter what side. People say, I've been born on this side of the spoon or that side of the track. Still haven't seen that one, but that's what people say. But here's my thing. It don't matter what side of the tracks you come from. It doesn't matter how much you've sinned, whom you've done it with. It don't matter what you smoke. Come on, somebody. What you've put in your body. Here's what I know that Jesus made a public declaration to everybody and anybody. He said, if anybody thirsts, come on, somebody. 
If anybody's hungers and thirsts for righteousness, he said, they shall be filled. What I'm saying is Jesus makes a public declaration. This is long before he goes to the cross. That once he goes to the cross, come on, somebody. Anybody who thirsts, come to him. He's going to give him a drink, and you're never going to get thirsty again. Come on. He's going to fill you up with his presence. He's going to fill you up with the Holy Spirit. He says, when you come to me, come on. Here's what I know. Christmas is all about peace and love and joy and all these fruit of the Spirit. But you can't have the fruit of the Spirit if you don't have the Spirit first. What I'm saying is you got to be filled up on the Spirit of God to exemplify the gifts of God. Come on, somebody. What I'm trying to tell you in this place is in His presence there's fullness of joy. If you're thirsty today, if you're hungry for the things of God, all you got to say is, Lord, I'm hungry. God, I'm thirsty. Stop concentrating on your sin and what's going wrong in your life and what's not working for you. Instead, look to the heavens where your help comes from, your magnificent Savior that died on the cross for you and me. He's making a declaration here. It says, anybody who comes to me who's thirsty shall be filled now that's good news for you and i you believe that take 10 seconds to give god some praise <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> so watch this real quick i'm going to give you a couple notes today write this down and it'll help you number one the holy spirit is in you for you and on you for others i'm gonna say that again the holy spirit is in you for you and on you for others oh man some of you are looking at me kind of funny I said, the Holy Spirit is in you for you and on you for others. All throughout Scripture, we see the Holy Spirit within, but the Holy Spirit also upon. Come on, the Holy Spirit also upon. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. I said, somebody said the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. We're not puppets on a string. He's not going to take in, you know, Jackie every which way. I know some people teach crazy stuff like that, but God's given you a free choice in this life. It's up to you to come and have a drink. It's up for you if you're hungry to be filled. Come on, I'm preaching better and you're saying amen. Holy Spirit is in you for you and on you for others. What do you mean by that, Tyler? Very simply, when you receive Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. I said the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And get this, if you're watching on the other side of this camera, maybe in this room, if you got all kinds of junk in your life, don't wait to come to God, just come to God. You're on drugs today, just come to God. Alcohol, come to God. You got lust problem, whatever you got going on, just come and give it to God. Let the Holy Spirit burn that stuff out of you. I said, let the Holy Ghost burn that stuff out of you. He'll do a magnificent job at it. Come on, somebody. Is there a few people in this place that testify to that, that the Holy Spirit a good, good job cleaning you up, that you don't have to clean yourself up? Come on, somebody. All you got to do is say, Lord, I realize I need you. God, I'm thirsty. And just like Jesus declared that day, God, I need a drink from the well that I'm never going to thirst again, Father. Come on, somebody. So God, fill me up. It's that simple. You screw up, just say, God, I need you. Far too long, man, people teaching this thing like God's a you know, pie in the sky and he wants to kill you. It's not true. Romans 2.4 says the kindness of the Lord leads to repentance. I says the kindness of the Lord. It's the grace of God, the mercy of God. You, I mean, you begin to understand that everything Jesus did was moved by grace and mercy. Watch this. Multiple times when it healed, he healed people, the Bible says he had compassion on them and healed. We've got to be moved by love. I said, we've got to be moved by love. Faith works by love. Oh, boy. Some of y'all wonder why your faith ain't working, because your love ain't working. I said, faith works by love. True love only comes from the Holy Spirit. True peace only comes from the Holy Spirit. True joy only comes from God. Come on, somebody. I can go on and on with this thing. What I'm telling you is he put his spirit in you 
for you. Watch this. But he put his spirit upon you for others. Jesus makes a declaration in Luke chapter 4. You guys know it, verse 18 and 19, where he's quoting the prophet Isaiah from Isaiah 61. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You realize God put his spirit upon you for you to do something. Oh, man, oh, man. Somebody's going to get offended. He put his spirit upon you for you to do something. It's not just for you to sit on your blessed assurance all the time and, and like the spiritual buffet and get a fat rear end. <laughs> Some of y'all catch that on the way home. What I'm telling you is he put his spirit upon you to be motivated to do something for him. There's a purpose and a destiny for your life. Come on, somebody. God has called you to do something in your generation. God has called you to do something with your life. I have people tell me all the time, well, Tyler, I'm too old. I said, baloney. You know why, Chris? Because at the age of 85 years old, the spirit of God hit Abraham, and he ran the lake to New Jersey in one night. At 85 years old, the spirit of God came upon him quickened his mortal body and he ran the length of New Jersey in one night how about Samson come on he was in there he said Lord may your spirit come upon me one more time and I'll wreck these Philistines come on and the spirit of God came upon him like a mighty rushing wind and strength came into his body and his bow come on somebody one more time God quickened his mortal body I can show you that God wants you to be healthy God wants you to be strong God wants you to be well why because you have a job to carry out for God come on somebody you have a purpose and a mission and a destiny and when you're full of the Holy Ghost you got to live on purpose I said, you got to live on purpose you don't have passion and purpose and destiny what's the point of living that's so why my grandfather at 90 years old is still preaching every Wednesday night. Right here. Most guys is it, well, maybe not. I won't say that. Never mind. I'll zip it up. I don't want to offend anybody. Doing a good job already. Amen. What I'm telling you is this. Samson, when the Spirit of God came rushing upon him, one last time, grabbed hold of a pillar on this side. And grabbed a hold of the pillar on that side. Come on, somebody. And he yanked them pillars down, and the walls came tumbling down. And the walls. Come on, somebody. Come on. They came tumbling on down, and 3,000 Philistines lost their life just like that. Why? Because the Spirit of God came upon Samson and empowered him for a mission. Empowered him from a purpose. For a guy that blew it and screwed up and lost it, Chris, like all of us have. He was way. He should have never been able to receive the grace of God by most people's standards. But thank God, grace is undeserved. Thank God that God is merciful and compassionate. And he caused his mercy and his grace to rush upon him through his precious Holy Spirit and the walls. Came tumbling down. Come on, I know some of y'all know that song. Come on, somebody. What I'm telling you is God's Spirit will empower you to be able to do things that you didn't think you can do. Spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, emotionally, every area of your life, God's Spirit is in you for you, but it's on you for others. I said it's on you for others. How about David? When he said the Spirit of God came upon me, I feel like I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. He wasn't exactly a spring chicken when he said that. Come on, somebody. 
He said, when the Spirit of God comes upon me, I feel like I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. It's why the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you realize your help doesn't come from within you, it's not determined on you. It's not determined, well, what I can do, I can do this, I can achieve. No, 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 no. you got to get outside of your stinking thinking and start thinking with the mind of Christ that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. His Spirit lives on the inside of me. I'm moving forward in what God has. Come on, somebody. His Spirit's in me for me, but it's upon me to do something in my generation. It's upon me to be a blessing to others. Watch this. It's upon me to be a blessing in my workplace. It's upon me to be a blessing in the school. It's upon me to be a blessing. Wherever you might go, you realize you carry the presence of God on the inside, but he's also upon you. Just wrap your head around that. That God's spirit lives on the inside of you. But it's also upon you. You're covered. Think about that. Covered in the spirit of almighty God. Truth is, most of us don't tap into it. I said, the truth is that most of us don't tap into it. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Come on. I said, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. Anybody says, you know, well, I don't know about all that fullness gospel. Well, Jesus just set that straight in one verse. He says, you're poor, I can take care of that. Brokenhearted, I can heal that. Come on, somebody. You feel like you're a captive? You feel like you're in shackles and chains? I can take care of that. I'll bring you liberty. Come on, somebody. Well, he's blind. Well, thank God he brings recovery of sight to the blind. Come on, somebody. Well, I've just been so oppressed and depressed, and every kind of press there is under the sun. Well, thank God he's here to set liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the favor of the Lord. And then watch this. He's a young boy when he reads this. Isaiah 61. And then he goes, and this prophecy has been fulfilled today. And sits down. That was either the most damnable statement in history or the most true thing that's ever been said. Can you imagine a 12-year-old boy gets up here, reads from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61, and says, in front of you all today, this has been fulfilled, and then goes and sits down. We're going to skin that boy. I said, we're going to skin him, hang him up like some of y'all hung your buck this week and skin that boy. Come on, somebody. He just said that it has been fulfilled. You know the religious people were, oh, mad. I said, oh, they were mad. Come on. You know their toes were curling. Some of y'all get mad at me. Come on. Their toes are curling and they're gritting on the inside. Who does he think he is? That's Jesus of Nazareth. I knew he threw toilet paper in my tree last year. Come on. You know, you know this is how some of these religious folks are. Come on. Constantly trying to catch Jesus up. Constantly trying to trap him up. And constantly Jesus is saying, you know what? You religious people are nothing but whitewashed tombs. Den of vipers. I'm quoting some King James for some of y'all. You should be shouting me down better than I'm preaching. Come on, somebody. What I'm saying is this, that Jesus is open for business to everybody. His work is essential no matter what's going on. The Holy Spirit's always working. Come on, somebody. That's why we don't have a right to shut the church down because God's Spirit is always at work. God's Spirit is always looking to heal the blind and take care of the oppressed and take care of the poor. Come on, somebody. Take care of widows and take care of orphans. Why? Because His Spirit is in us, but it's also upon us. Amen? All right, moving right along. Write this down. Number two. 
We need the gifts of the Spirit and the Spirit of the gifts. Woo, baby. I'm preaching better. You're saying amen. I said, we need the gifts of the Spirit and the Spirit of the gifts. I'm going to prove that to you. 1 Corinthians 12. Go to with me quick. Verses 4 through 11. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities and activities, but it is the same God who works in all. Amen? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Uh Uh-oh. In other words, God has empowered you with His Spirit, but He puts gifts on your life to be a blessing to everybody. Oh, man. You realize he didn't give you a gift to be some like freak show circus thing. Come on, somebody. Sometimes the spiritual gifts, some people have made it into a weird thing. There's nothing weird about the Holy Ghost. I say there's nothing weird about the Holy Ghost. If you see somebody who's weird and doesn't name it a Holy Ghost, I promise you they were weird before the Holy Ghost. And it probably weird after. Amen? Come on. So I hate weird stuff. Can I just be honest? And I, I flow in the gifts of God. I, I believe every believer should. Oh, man. You don't got to be a weirdo to flow in the gifts of God. I said, you don't have to be a weirdo to flow in the gifts of God. Oh, some of y'all are getting offended. But you can be, I guess. You know, God's not, he said fruit of the Spirit, not fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Come on, somebody. Some of y'all get the fruits of the Spirit. Look, just be, be normal. Can I tell you, just be normal, please? If you're not normal, tell me you go to a different church. Amen. No, I'm teasing. Come on. I'm teasing. But what I'm saying is this. That God has given us gifts. But don't love the gifts more than do the giver. Oh, man. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all of us. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. Hello. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works in all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So we need the gifts of the Spirit and the Spirit of the gifts. I said, we need the gifts of the Spirit and the Spirit of the gifts. And it doesn't have to be a weird thing. Can I be honest with you? I've never gotten on a a corner in a city or anywhere else with a Turner burn sign and a megaphone and started yelling at people. In fact, I'm totally turned off by that. I've never drug a a thing around town, a signs, and acted like a fool. And I'll tell you why. Because I think it's weird. And God's not weird. What can I tell you what I have had experiences with? I've been in a restaurant and God's given me a word of knowledge that somebody needs a healing in their body. My wife and I were standing in, in line in Disney World a few years ago. There's somebody, two rows, of, and the lines were awful, you know, and all this stuff going on. Thank God I love the heat, amen? We're standing there in line. <laughs> and there was a girl there, and the Holy Spirit told me she's struggling with cerebral palsy what do you do? You, don't go, you go over to somebody and say, hey, can I pray for you? I've never met a person that's told me, no, I couldn't pray for them. 
Maybe you're the first, amen? But I've never met somebody that told me I couldn't pray for them. And I've seen God work miracles. I'm not talking about some shouting, that's fine, and that's all well and fine. But what I'm talking is just, Jesus, have compassion, mercy, heal them, Lord. Lord, I know you wouldn't give me a word of knowledge to not operate in the gift of healing or working of miracles. Man, Sherry Lamb should be in the next service. She has one of the best restaurants in this area, in my opinion, the Formosa over there. I love that place. But I'll tell you, she makes me pray for like everybody every time I'm there. If the word of knowledge isn't working, she is. Come on, somebody. She's like, you got to go pray for so-and-so. They have a problem with their hip. And it takes me by the hand. I'm like, I just came to eat something. Come on, somebody. But I'll tell you what, I've seen God touch more people and heal more bodies in that woman's restaurant. Why? Because she's open to the gift of God moving in her workplace. You don't have to be weird about it. You're a flake, then be a flake. I mean, just don't do it on my watch. Amen. What I'm saying is we need the gifts of the Spirit. The Spirit of gifts. There's a healthy balance there. Oh, God. I'll show it to you in just a second in 1 Corinthians 13. But what I'm telling you is this. If you flow in the gifts, you better flow in love. If you flow in the gifts, you better flow in love. I'm about to show you why in 1 Corinthians 13. And if you flow in the gifts and don't flow in love, you better stay out of my way because I might punch you. Amen? Come on, somebody. Call it the slapping anointing. Benny Hen does it all the time. It's perfectly legal. No, I'm teasing. It's a joke. But what I'm saying is this, folks, that God has gifts for you and I. I said God has gifts for you and I. They didn't cease, despite whoever told you that. Uh-oh. There's no end to God's goodness. There's no end to God's work. You want to know when the end is? When you hear that trumpet. I'm hoping for the second trumpet because the first one's the dead in Christ shall rise. Amen? I was corrected on that recently. I plan on going on the second train, the one where there's still breath in my lungs. Come on, somebody. But what I'm saying is this. God has spiritual gifts for you and I. And I'll just take a step further. When we're not flowing in these gifts, we're doing the world an injustice. You know why the world ain't turned upside down? We stopped flowing in the gifts. Because we got major denominations and mainline, even ones who call themselves full gospel now, saying, well, that ended with the apostles and acts. Well, I don't want any speaking in tongues. That stuff's weird. No, it's the gateway to miracles. Clearly, that's why you've never seen a miracle in your life. I was in a service a few months ago at somebody else's church in Florida, actually. I was, I was invited as a guest, and I had somebody come over Afterwards, say, hey, I'm sorry, pastor is praying in tongues like that. I said, for what? Struck the wrong guy with the wrong nerve, amen? He said, well, I, I know some people are offended by that stuff. I said, good. The gospel's an offense to many. If you're offended by speaking in tongues, you'll never see miracles. Because speaking in tongues is the gateway to miracles. God has a precious baptism. Next service, we got over 20 brand new believers getting baptized again. Come on, it's a good place to give God some praise. Somebody said, you just did a baptism like three weeks ago. I said, I know, it's crazy. We've got 20 more people getting baptized. I'm excited. How about you? Why? Because God's Spirit's at work. Because God's Spirit's at work within us and on us. But watch this. Because the gifts of God are on work. When you go over to somebody with a word of knowledge or a word of prophecy or gift of healing, work on miracles, one of these things, it's impossible for them to say, man, you're God's baloney. You know what most people say? How do you know that? Well, I'm nobody special, but look, there's a God in heaven who loves you and has a great plan for your life. 
I had a guy call me on the phone a couple of months ago. I prophesied to his brother something that he was believing for, and his brother didn't even know, whatever. I just felt God say it to me. He called me on the phone. He said, there's no way you could have known that. He said, my wife doesn't even know that. I said, I don't know anything, bud. What I do know is the Holy Spirit said he'll lead you and guide you in all truth. What I do know is I have one who's living on the inside of me who said he'd be my comforter, my convictor. Come on, somebody, my convincer, my helper. His name's the Holy Ghost, and he knows everything. He said he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. Come on, somebody. Here's what I know. I don't know anything, but that's the gift of God on display. And if I was you, I'd make that thing right. Oh, man. He started to weep on the phone. He said, I've never met a preacher like that. He said, I don't believe in that stuff because there's no way you could have known that. I said, it's called the Holy Spirit, man. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to come into your heart. Come on. Why? So we'd be a blessing to other people. Amen? So we need the gifts of the Spirit and the Spirit of the gifts. Amen? Watch this. You were born of the Spirit. You are full of the Spirit. And you have the gifts of the Spirit. That's a good place to shout and say amen. Come on, somebody. In fact, do that. When we say some faith, say, I'm born of the Spirit. I'm full of the Spirit. And I have the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, do it again. Say, I'm born of the Spirit. I'm full of the Spirit. I have the gifts of the Spirit. I dare you to make that declaration every day this week. And you don't see how things begin to shift in your life. You don't see how people begin to come to you and they say, hey, man, I got this problem. They begin to share things with you. How people begin. And it's like, oh, my God, where is this coming from? Why? Because you made a declaration out of your mouth just like Jesus did when he said to anybody who's thirsty, come to me and you'll never thirst again. You're making a declaration. God, I thank you. I've been born of the spirit. God, I thank you. I am full of the spirit. But God, lastly, I thank you that I have the gifts of the spirit. Thank you for allowing me to be your representation in the earth, your hands and feet here in the earth. God, use me by the power of your spirit that I could win more people to you that I could point more people to you Jesus after all it's your Holy Spirit at work so watch this chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians is the gifts of the spirit chapter 13 is the spirit of the gifts chapter 14 the governance of the gifts in the church amen 1 Corinthians 13 1 2, 3 says though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but have not love I've become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal you know what I always think of you ever seen dumb and dumber Come on, you ever seen Dumb and Dumber? It's okay. This is mass confession here. You ever seen that and Christmas Vacation? Like my two, never mind. Come on, somebody. My wife gets upset. I'll watch Christmas Vacation year-round. I said, if we got to suffer through 37 Hallmark movies, you're going to at least do it once. We were in Montreal, right? We were first dating. Everybody speaks French. I went and bought it in French. Am I telling the truth? And I sat down with her family. I said, we're going to watch this thing. You want French, Italian, or English? By the way, I'd like to marry your daughter. Amen. <laughs> Swear to God, I'm not Cousin Eddie. Amen. Come on, somebody. I said, I do have a brother, Dylan, though. No, teasing. Teasing. He says, you're a noise and gown and clanging cymbal. You know what I think of Dumb and Dumber? Why? The most annoying sound ever. Remember, they're riding in the sheepdog. Come on, somebody. It's like a 72 sheepdog. Come on. It's, what does it say? Mutt's hut or something on the side of it. Mutt's cuts, whatever. Right after he leaves her a John Deere letter, right? I mean, a Dear John letter. <laughs> and he's, he got this guy from the mob sitting in between him. And he said, what's the most, come on, some of y'all have seen this, come on. What's the most annoying sound ever? And he just keeps doing it as they're driving from Rhode Island to Aspen, Colorado. Come on, somebody. 
It's a little place called Aspen. The next scene, they're freezing on the moped stuck to each other. Oh, my Lord. Come on, somebody. Watch this. When you flow in the gifts and don't have the love of God, that's how you sound. I made you laugh to grab your attention to tell you that. When you're flowing in the gifts of God, but you don't have the love of God moving through, that's what you sound like to God. A noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. In other words, it's the most annoying sound in the world. You're the outside guy on Dumb and Dumber going, seriously. But when you do it out of love, not out of arrogance. Look, not out of some freak show circus thing where look at me, I have this gift. I, uh, the blessing of God has arrived. I carry the gifts of God. Me. No, that, that's pride. Nobody's got, ain't nobody got time for that. I'm talking about out of grace and out of humility, flowing in the love of God, the gifts of God, just overflowing out of you and say, hey man, there's a God in heaven who loves you. That's who, that's who gave me that word. Hey man, there's a God in heaven who has great plans for your life. When we start talking the goodness of God again, when I was a kid, you know why I really didn't want to be a Christian or a preacher? We go to these things and people call me out and prophesy over me. I'd straight up ask my dad, I'd go, I don't want that. You know why? Because most Christians I knew never got off the prayer list, were broke, were busted. All they talked about was God was mad at me in the sky. He's going to zap me with a bolt in case I did anything wrong. Trust me, I did everything wrong. They had one of those tests on Facebook the other day. You get 10 points if you did this wrong. 20 points, you know, totals like, coach, 250 points. I'm like 250 for 250, amen. Come on, somebody. Somebody's like, I got 10 points. Oh, sit down, Karen. You know what I can say? I got 250 out of 250, but thank God for the grace of God working in my life. Thank God for the spirit of God. Come on, somebody, that he put it on the inside of me, that he's the one that's empowered me to flow in these gifts. Watch this. And then unbelievers look at your life and say, there is no way there's not a God in heaven looking at your life. I had a Jewish kid I went to school with that ran into him in Wegmans a few months ago. He walked up to me. He said, I know we believe differently. He said, but there's a God in heaven. I said, how can you tell? He said, because you are a totally different person. He said, you couldn't fake that. I've been watching you for a while. It's got to be done in love. I said, it's got to be done in love. If you learned anything today, let it be this. Don't be the guy in Dumb and Dumber. Do it in love. Amen? I know it's deep revelatory knowledge on Sunday morning. But don't be Lloyd Christmas. Come on, somebody. Amen? <laughs> All right, number three, real quick. Everywhere you go this week is somewhere Jesus wants to be. He said, everywhere you go this week is somewhere Jesus wants to be. Why would God use somebody like me or use somebody like you? Because clearly Jesus wants to go where we're going. Oh, man. You realize he put his spirit on the inside of you so you could be his hands and feet? I said, so you could be his hands and feet. You realize most folks, the closest they'll ever get to Jesus is what they see in you? Oh, man. I said, the closest they'll ever get to Jesus is what they see in you. That's a big responsibility. I said, that's a big responsibility. Because I don't know about you, but I don't hit it 10 out of 10 all the time. Come on. Don't let pride get in there. Oh, I just, are you knocking out of the park every time? Bull crap. Let us move out of the way so we don't get hit by the lightning you're getting hit with. Come on, somebody. Come on. But to a lot of people, we're the only Jesus they'll ever see. That's why it's so important you have his spirit in you and upon you. That's why it's so important, watch this, that you flow in the gifts, but you also flow in the spirit of the gifts. That's why it's so important, watch this, everywhere you go is somewhere Jesus wants to be. 
When you go in your home, Jesus wants to be in your home. When you go in your workplace, Jesus wants to be in your workplace. Business people, can I help you? When you go in your business, Jesus wants to be Lord of your business. Jesus wants to be Lord of everything. My daughter's two years old. We pray every night. She switches it up some nights. We've got to fold our hands. Other nights, she wants to hold hands. Mom prays, dad prays, then she prays. You know what her prayer is? Jesus is Lord. Carol, am I telling the truth? Every night, that's her prayer. Why? Because she heard on the TV so much of the house. Jesus is Lord. If that's the only prayer that comes out of that two-year-old's mouth, she got it. Why? Because Jesus wants to go with you this week everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, you understand Jesus wants to have an encounter with somebody. Jesus wants to bless somebody. Jesus wants to heal somebody. Jesus wants to be at work. we got to be people living on mission. Come on, somebody. Especially the Christmas season. It's never been easier. Last I checked, they just celebrate December 25th as his birthday. Just tell people when they're coming here, come and thrive. Hey, you want to come to somebody's birthday party with me? Man, where's there a party? We got COVID going on. Ain't no parties allowed. No, man, there's a party over here. You got to come. Man, tell him it's Jesus' birthday. Just get him here. Come on, somebody. No, what I'm telling you is this, though. Everywhere you go, Jesus wants to be. Oh, man. Believe it or not, Walmart needs Jesus. You ask my wife, I don't go in that place. Because I might not look like Jesus if I go in there. Last time I was in Walmart, Gospel Truth, a couple years ago on a Black Friday. Stupid idea. Like I said, I don't hit it 10 out of 10 every time. I literally, I'm telling the truth, I got bulldozed by a lady. Who was another pastor's wife? <laughs> Flattened right on the floor. This is like before the COVID thing, you know, everybody's elbow to elbow fighting over one TV. I just went because I wanted to see what all the stuff was about. You know what I mean? All the hype. Bad idea. They all start going like, like a herd of cattle. This woman runs me over. Like, she, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. She could be a linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what I mean? She knocked me to the ground and kept going. And she goes, hey, and just keeps going. I thought myself, hey, is right. You just got me trampled. I was so mad. So I don't go in there because Jesus doesn't want me in there. Come on, somebody. Because I go in there, I might start throwing stiff arms or forearms or who knows what's going to happen. But everywhere you go is somewhere Jesus wants to be. Say that with me. Say, everywhere I go is somewhere Jesus wants to be. Why would Jesus give his spirit to sinful man? Because he wants to be with us. And we never forget this Christmas season. Come on, somebody. That the creator of the heavens and earth wants to be with you and I. In fact, God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved the world that he... Well, Christmas is a giving season. You're right. But to God, it's always a giving season. God didn't give some cheap dollar store gift. Come on, somebody. God didn't, you know, well, we're on a tight budget. Get them something cheap. We really don't like Cousin Eddie that much anyway. Clark, if you wouldn't mind helping me, I got this little list here. As he's throwing snot's dog food on the cart. Come on, somebody. And don't be Cousin Eddie while we're at it. Amen? What I'm saying is, everywhere you go this week is somewhere Jesus wants to be. We celebrate Christmas, and, and things are getting more and more chaotic at our family get-togethers. The more kids that 
There are, of course, it's never my kid. It's everybody else's kid. Amen, somebody? Come on. I mostly blame my parents because they jack her all up on sugar and all kinds of stuff. I'm the law. Carolyn lets her do whatever she wants. Shaking her head, absolutely not. It's just the opposite in our house. I let her do whatever she wants. Carolyn's the law. Truthful. Amen? Well, at Christmas time, we do this thing where everybody gets gifts, right? And they usually start from the youngest to the oldest, and they're opening the gifts. Well, now the problem is everybody's getting younger, and I'm getting older. So now I'm like kind of on the other side. Maybe, Dad, we should start with the older and work our way to the younger. Come on, somebody. No, but Dad always read the Christmas story. And I'm sure you guys have Christmas traditions too, right? And he would always say, look, the greatest gift isn't under the tree. The greatest gift hung on the tree. We'd always make the first thing first. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a good place to give God praise. And then we go around. Everybody's giving out gifts and getting gifts. It's, it's really the most wonderful time of the year. It's a great time. We, we love to party in our house. We really do. Kevin Jane, thank God, you know, with the COVID, he wasn't able to visit his family, so he got to spend Thanksgiving with us. I said, I got to warn you, we're a little bit wild. Amen? There's no alcohol involved. It's just Holy Ghost, but it's a little bit wild. And now there's like six grandkids running around. Come on, somebody. Grandparents, can I get a witness? They're all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Come on, somebody. No, I don't know what's going on, but these kids are like all running around. My father's like laying in the other room with a rag over his forehead like this, right? I have a picture of it somewhere. Me, I'm like, Kevin, let's go downstairs and play foosball or something. Come on, somebody. we got all this stuff going on, right? But we get to be with our family. And the spirit of love is there. And the same thing at Christmas, but we'll get together later today because Kyle's birthday is tomorrow. But same thing at Christmas, the spirit of love's there. And where the spirit of love is, the spirit of giving is there. Come on, somebody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You can't work by faith without love. You can't operate in the gifts without love. What I'm trying to tell you is wherever you go, Jesus wants to be. Stop trying to improve yourself. And man, if I just get better, then I can flow in this gift. Or if I just work myself up, you know what I find out? That's a bunch of fake pressure from the devil. Everybody telling you, every voice that says you can't and you won't and you're not good enough and you have to amount to this. You have to be like this person or that person is a lie right from hell. You are fully accepted. You are fully approved. God already loves you. God wants to lavish his gifts upon you. Why? Because God has a mission in the earth and it requires you and I. When dad first started talking about Honesdale, I said, awesome, let's do it. He says, yeah, I need you to go there. I said, let's not do it. I said, I'm going to Florida. You can figure that one out. Come on, somebody. I had this tremendous offer in South Florida to do this, this stuff at a high level. And I said, Lord, this is you. Come on. Everything I could ever want, dream or imagine desire was offered like this on a platter. And I said, Dad, I love you. Kyle's going to get you on this one. Dylan's going to get you. And the Holy Ghost <laughs> dropped it in my spirit, man. And I said, Jesus, send somebody else into Hosedale. I want to go to Fort Lauderdale. We got the Dale part right, but we got to change the front. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness? If not, I'll wait till February. I'll get all kinds of witness around here. Why? Because Jesus wants to go wherever we go. Why? Because he has a mission to carry out. We have to be people living on mission. Why are we going to Kenya? Because people need Jesus. My buddy Zach that was here last week, man, going back to India with, with Hilda. Hilda is what, 96? She's still committed to her vision at 96. He still flies with her to India multiple times a year. Still has the medical hospital going and feeding. She took over from Mother Teresa. 
96 years old, still burning with her vision and her passion from God. Why? Because Jesus still wants to go to India. Why do we do the angel tree? And I commend you people who, who gave to the angel tree and gave to the Operation Blessing, giving kids Christmas gifts. Don't have, why? Because Jesus wants to give those kids a Christmas. Why medical care? Because Jesus wants people to be well. You are an extension of Jesus' work. Amen? All right, quickly. Number four. This cannot be purchased. It's by grace. Oh, baby. Come on. That's shouting ground in the household of faith. I said, this cannot be purchased. It's by grace. In other words, everything I have, everything I am, my being, every way I move, everything I do is because of the grace of God upon my life and the grace of God upon your life. Come on, somebody. You couldn't purchase it. You couldn't earn it. It's God's favor and his mercy and his grace working towards you and I. Come on, it's a good place to celebrate. And I'll prove it to you from the scripture because I love backing everything with God's word. Amen. Turn over with me to Acts chapter eight really quick. And I'll tell you what's happened. The apostles are operating in this Holy Spirit power in the gifts of God and the Spirit of God. In fact, they found out if they laid hands on people, other folks could receive the gift of God. Woo, come on, somebody. I said they found out if they laid hands on people, you could transfer the anointing. You could transfer gifts of God on your life. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, I've had some mighty men of God on this earth lay their hands on this old boy, and I'm telling you, I could feel the anointing shift in my life. I knew gifts came flowing into my life. I knew things began to change. Why? Because I believe in the gift of God on their life. I believe in the anointing on their life. I honor the man of God. And watch this. Here's what I know. Them things came in my life like a mighty rushing wind. You want to know the quickest way to level up? Get hands laid on you by people already doing what you want to do. That's for free. Come on. Cannot be purchased, though. It's by grace. So here we are in Acts chapter 8, and the apostles are working miracles and doing all this stuff, and this guy comes to them and says, dang, you guys got a lot of power. All right, it's my translation. He's a magician. He's whatever. He's doing all this stuff, but he's blown away by the gifts of God. And he says, I want what you have. And like all good religious people, he wants to know how much it's going to cost him. Cheapskate. Come on, somebody. Well, I really want what you have. How much can I buy it for? And how people know the gift of God sometimes would do a little thing called righteous anger. You lucky old Peter didn't punch him right square in the throat right then and there. Come on, somebody. Oh, a man of God would never do that. Peter swiped off a dude's ear not too long before that. Come on, somebody. You don't mess with Peter. John, you're probably okay with. You know, laying his head on Jesus' chest and all that stuff. He's kind of like sleepy, hippie. California music or something, you know. But Peter, you don't mess with Peter. Come on, somebody. I said, you don't mess with Peter. He pulled that sword out and whopped that ear right off the side of your head. And then he'll get ready to run a fire. I don't know them guys. Come on, am I telling the truth? No, you're one of you. No, it ain't me, boy. You don't know what you're getting. He's a house of cards. Acts 8, 18. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered the money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Come on. You can't buy your way into heaven. Oh, baby. I said, you can't buy your way into heaven. You think you're going to 
well, when I die, they'll give enough money to priests, give money, whoever, and they're going to pray me out of purgatory, and I'm going to, no, you're going to split hell wide open. You're either going to heaven or hell. I got a Catholic friend of mine. He says, what do you, what, what do, you do at purgatory? I say, you're living in it. Pretty good, right? I'm quick on my feet. I said, you're living in it, bro. Pay your penance now or do whatever you're doing. Well, you better make sure you know Jesus Christ before you take your last breath. I get down with purgatory, just, it's now. I'll tell you whatever you want to hear, but here's what I need to know. You need to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You can't buy the gift of God. You can't buy salvation. You can't buy the gifts of the Spirit. You can't buy your way into something. No, it's by His grace alone. Come on, through faith. Faith and grace work like this. Most modern preachers make a way over here on grace, way over here on faith. They meet somewhere in the middle. It's by grace through faith. You've got to understand it's his power that's at work within you. It's your faith, believe in God, but his spirit flowing through you. It's him giving you the enabling or the authority to be able to operate in his gifts. Nobody's taking credit for it. The minute you take credit for it, you're on dangerous ground. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. I'll take that Holy Ghost grunt over there. Come on, somebody. He says, you have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of your wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Not exactly positive, encouraging Caleb. Come on, somebody. Last point here, and the worship team can come back. Point number five. It is my privilege to eagerly desire the gifts so I can be a gift. Oh, man. It is my privilege. Somebody say it's my privilege. To eagerly desire the gifts so I can be a gift. Apostle Paul, you know, wrote in Romans 3, he says, No one is good. No, not one. No good thing dwells in this flesh. You're right till the Spirit of God started dwelling on the inside of you. You were a rank sinner, but now you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because the gift of God. Because the blood of Jesus on your behalf, on my behalf. Yeah, but Tyler, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. But here's what I know. I made a conscious decision years ago. It took a while, but it stuck. Come on, somebody. It's a conscious decision years ago to say, you know what, Lord? I realize the more I give up of myself and give up of my time and my talent and my treasure determines what you're going to bring to me. So God, here we are. I'm giving you all my sin. Because I realize it'll bring you all my salvation. Come on. Folks, if you don't get that, then what's the point of even being here? Come on. This is like baseline. First base. Trade our sin for his salvation. Come on, somebody. It's the greatest exchange ever happened in history. That sinners like you and I at the right time, Christ died for us. When we've blown it and screwed up and blown up and messed things up, look, you might have failed marriages, you might have a relationship with your kids, you might have been on drugs, living in a whorehouse. I don't know what's going on or where you've been or what you've done, but here's what I know. There is a God who is able to forgive you. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who sent his son to die for you, that his blood was shed for you and I. Why? So he could put his spirit in us. Because if his spirit's in us and upon us, it's putting us on mission. Come on, put us on a mission. I'm going to be 30 years old at the end of this month, believe it or not. 
I know I look younger than that. Come on, somebody. Like a fine wine, get better with time. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Amen. Come on. <laughs> oh, no, I won't say that. Jesus, help me. I probably shouldn't because we're streaming. I had somebody write the church the other day. It's how unsaved folks talk. Can I just be straight? <laughs> they said, man, if my pastor looked like that, I'd go to church more often. How do you respond to that one? I said, I don't know. Send it to my wife. She'll know how to respond. Come on, somebody. I had somebody tell me one time. They said, well, I got a lust problem. I said, tell your wife. She'll fix it. She'll kill you. Come on, somebody. You have the Holy Spirit, but you got a second Holy Spirit in your life. It's called your wife. Come on, somebody. Sometimes the voice of reason. Can I get a witness? Come on, all the ladies said. I said, all the ladies said. Come on, I just set some of you ladies free in this place. Husbands, let me help you out too. Don't be a cheapskate. Don't buy her a broom or a vacuum for a Christmas gift. I might be young, but I'm not stupid. If you're buying her a pair of slippers or a, a vacuum or a broom or something of that nature for Christmas, you need to check your heart. That's not a gift. Can I just be straight for a second? Treat her like the queen she is. I made my, my father-in-law a promise when I married Carolyn. I said, I promise you this. Ain't nobody ever treated her better than this boy. Why? Because I loved her. I told him. I, I said, look. I said, I, he, he says, well, you know, preachers don't have a lot of money. I said, you ain't never met one like me. I worked my head off. And I did. We got married. I was working driving school bus. I was working in the automotive garage. I was working down at H&R Block, and I was working in the church. I was working four jobs, doing stuff around the clock. Some of y'all know me. You notice the truth. I worked my head off. Why? So I could give that girl the best life I could. Why? Because I made a vow. Because I said I would. Now watch. Jesus said, those who are thirsty, come to me, and you'll never thirst again. Jesus said like this, you evil parents know how to give you good gifts. How much more does your father give you the Holy Spirit? Jesus said like this, if he said he's going to do it, watch this, he's going to do it. We sang before, he's a man of his word. He cannot lie. His word cannot return to avoid. Why? He's given us his precious Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I get excited talking about the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he's living on the inside of us. Why? Because he's upon us. Why? Because he's given us gifts, but he's also given us the spirit of the gifts. Why? Because Jesus wants to go wherever we go. Why? 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 Because he loves you and I. Jesus. I've never been much of a crier or anything like that. Tough guy. I'll kick your butt. Come on, somebody. Ask the devil. I do it professionally. <laughs> but I'm just in this season in my life where things don't really matter to me. Stuff doesn't really matter to me. All I really want to do is be in the presence of God, spend time with my wife and my baby. Really. More than anything. I want God's presence on my life so strong and so heavy that everywhere I go, I'm making a difference. Friday, we were working over Thrive, trying to get the heat on. The guy I was working with, this isn't exactly uh, Jesus with skin on, you know what I'm saying? His name's Jack, he was looking for the Jack. He said, I'll catch you on the way home. One guy said to me, you ought to go buy him a bottle, it might keep him here all day. <laughs> I said, I got a bottle for him. Branded Holy Ghost. So we're working, 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 getting this thing going. Gary and these guys, appreciates these guys so much working our head off, Jim and Paul, and thank you guys enough. I could never do it without you guys. 
Why? Because the Spirit of God put him on mission to do something. <laughs> so by the end of our work day, it was nighttime by then, the usual thing. It was just me and him. The other guys were upstairs tying some stuff up. He said, can I ask you for something? I said, anything. I thought he was asking for money. Being all, you know, come on, somebody. I'm like, oh, here comes the bill, Jesus. Notice I let him know the bill's coming. Come on. He said, I've known you a long time. I said, you have. He said, I know when you pray for people, it works. I said, it always works. It's not when I pray, it's when anybody prays. I said, I just have faith to believe that he's going to do what I ask. Because he said he would. John 14, John 16, it's very simple. Just bag it with the word of God. Come on. I said, bag it with the word of God. And he asked me to pray about something. And then he thought like I would pray about it some other time. I said, no, we're going to pray right now. He's like, oh, I didn't mean like right now. I said, no, no, you want prayer. You're going to write. Buddy, we ain't waiting on UPS, Federal Express, Angel Express. Come on, somebody. We're going to pray right now in this place. Why? Because I've earnestly desired the gifts of God in my life. And here's what I know. It's like a light switch. Wherever I go, I'm carrying the Spirit of God. And if somebody needs something, somebody needs a miracle, somebody needs a touch from God, I realize I can go to God right then and there. I realize why. Because I've earnestly desired the gifts. And here's what I realize. It's a privilege to earnestly desire them. Why? So I could be a gift to this earth. So I could be a gift to other people. You know what the difference in Peckville Assembly of God? and all the other churches around here is one thing. Uh-oh. We're open to the Spirit of God. We're open to the gifts of the Holy Ghost. We believe. Look. <laughs> well, i got to watch what I say. It's never been about the Assemblies of God. In fact, I'm not even affiliated with the Assemblies of God. I love them. I think they're wonderful. Here's what I'm more about. The full gospel of Jesus Christ. More than anything, more than a denomination, more than a fellowship, whatever you want to call things, more than an idea, more than anything. I just want to see the full gospel of Jesus Christ preached and proclaimed to a generation like David said, God, use me to show a gener generation who does not know your power, that does not know of your miracles. God, let me testify and show them your miracle working power. Why? So I could be a gift to this earth. How about you? Last point, we'll wrap up right here about earnestly desiring the gifts so you and I could be a gift. Watch this. When you earnestly desire the gifts of God, you become a gift to this earth. You want to know how to be a real gift this Christmas season? Don't be Cousin Eddie. Don't be Lloyd Christmas. Don't be any of those things. Be a person who's hungry and thirsty for the presence of God, for the things of God, and say, God, I earnestly desire you. I earnestly desire your spirit. I earnestly desire your gifts, God. Why? So I could be a gift in the earth. God, bless me to be a blessing. You know what's going to be the difference between Thrive Church and everywhere else in Honesdale? Oh, baby, are we full gospel. I just somebody met right me today. Well, you're one of those preachers. You believe all that stuff? I still don't believe it. I'm going to show it to you. Buckle your chin strap and come on in. You might even need a seatbelt. Come on, somebody. Why? Because God's been good to us. Amen? Last scripture. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. That's where I get that point from. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. I said, especially that you may prophesy. You know what happens? You begin to flow in the gifts of the prophetic, begin to prophesy. It catches the attention of the unbeliever. 
I got corrected in the office a couple weeks ago. Somebody was talking about all this stuff going on in the world. And I, I said, yeah. I said, you know, I don't know or whatever. And somebody came out of the office and they said, yes, you did know. They said, you prophesied this over a year ago, last summer, on a Saturday night standing right here. About 2020, about churches being shut down, bars, everything else. I said, whoo, I didn't remember that. Sometimes I say things under the Spirit, and that's that. You know what I mean? Let the Holy Ghost do His work, and I go home and have lunch. Come on, somebody. Believe it or not, I am well fed. The sweater hides it kind of good. Come on. Why? Because people need Jesus. Because, watch this, and God needs people to bring Jesus to them. Literally, my last statement, we're in closing prayer. Jesus is God's gift to the earth. God's gift to the world. Amen? The Holy Ghost is God's gift to the church. Oh, man. Jesus is God's gift to the world. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church. I ripped that off Brother Hagen. Jesus is God's gift to the world. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church. May we be people that practice these five points this week. If you would do me a favor... Because I'm not that good of a preacher. But I'll tell you this. Would you go back to these five points every day this week? It's a little challenge, a little homework. Come on, Winnie, my teachers that are in here. It's a little homework. Would you go every day, go back to these five points? You can go back and watch the live stream, grab the scriptures or whatever. But I promise you, if you meditate on these five things and ask the Lord to use you in these things, I'm telling you, you'll make such an impact and such a difference. Look, you don't have to preach from a microphone. Let your lifestyle be shown unto people. People say, man, there's something different about you. Man, you're not like the rest of the neighbors. Thank God you're not like the rest of my coworkers. Thank God you're not like the masses. Amen? I'll leave that one be. Real quick, we'll close like this in prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you don't know the Jesus I've been preaching about. Maybe you don't know the greatest gift that's ever been given to this earth. His name is Jesus Christ. He was God's only son, so you and I could become God's children. Come on, somebody. God believes in seed time and harvest so much that he sowed a seed name, his son, Jesus. As we, It's the first Sunday of the month. We're going to receive a missions offering here as we go to bless our missionaries around the world. But here's what I know. Maybe you don't know my Jesus. And I say my Jesus because he belongs to me and I belong to him. Like many other saints in this place, like many other people on the other side of that camera, whose lives have been radically changed by the grace and the mercy, the goodness of God towards you and I. Maybe today's the day that you want to give yourself to Jesus. I promise you, you give yourself to him, you'll become born of the Spirit, you'll become full of the Spirit, and if you earnestly desire it, you will flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and God will use you mightily all the days on your earth, all the days on this earth. Why? Because God has great plans and great purpose and great destiny for you. He's a good God who loves you, who wants to bless you, who wants to fill your life with good things. But you have to give your heart to him. How do I do that? Romans 10 and verse 9 tells us, if we would believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we'd become saved. Very simply, if you want to receive Christ as Savior today in the house or on the other side of the camera, repeat this prayer after me, but don't just do it as some meaningless prayer. I want you to pray it in faith. I said, I want you to pray it in faith. That you mean every word you say. Be a person who says what you do and do what you say. There's nothing worse than somebody who doesn't do that. Be a person who does what you say and say what you do. So repeat after me and say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. 
Father, I'm a sinner, but today I receive salvation. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Father, cause me to become born of the Spirit. Father, cause me to become full of the Spirit. And Father, I earnestly desire to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Use me mightily by the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord. Father, I earnestly desire the gifts, so use me as a gift in my generation. Use me as a gift wherever I go, Father. Bless me. Use me, Father. God, I pray you make me a beacon and a light to the unsaved, that I win more people to you in the latter years of my life than I did in the former. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said. Come on, all God's people said. Now take 10 seconds to give God a mighty clap offering of praise. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.